You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 137. Hey, you guys, what's going on? I'm back here in the studio with Peyton Matthews. Hi, guys. And we're excited to talk about digital courses and what we've learned. And man, 2020 has been a crazy year, crazy year. And so many people's businesses are closing. So many people are just really having struggles because of the costs that it takes to run a business. And I've kind of hit some um, rocky points in my business this year. And so I wanted to share some of the pitfalls Mm -hmm. of what I would do differently and what to avoid as it relates to creating a digital course. And when we talk about digital courses, what that means is selling your knowledge, your experience, your expertise in a digital form through PDFs or videos and even you know blog posts or whatever to help educate someone who would like to do what you do. And as far as events go, you know I've done many different types of events except for weddings. Those are you. That's Peyton. Yes. She like, do you love weddings? Or weddings just oh, like your gem. I love weddings. She loves weddings. I cry I at all of them. Hate weddings. <laughs> I cry and at I think all. it's because I hate doing. I love weddings. I hate working weddings as an event planner. Oh. That's what I meant. And it's really because ev- events to me where you don't have the control, you're just executing someone else's dream, just sounds like so much less fun. But I could see the fulfillment of like the ease of like, oh, you don't have to worry about all that. Someone mm-hmm. else is coming up with the ideas. Yeah. You just have to execute it. Yeah. I mean, it's like the different parts of weddings that get me every time. I think it's like, I mean, we all have our dream w- wedding that we build up in mm-hmm. our heads since we're young. And so like getting to see people actually have actually have those dream wedding days mm-hmm. and getting all their wishes and dreams fulfilled on that day. I think that's is so true. And it's amazing. so fun. It is fun. I do love like my wedding and going to friends mm-hmm. weddings, of course, just I don't want to be the event planner oh. to plan those weddings. But let's come back here to digital courses and what I've learned in 2020 and some mistakes I've made and things I would do differently. Um, so the first thing that you should know is digital courses are such a great way to share your knowledge And to not only share your knowledge, but to capitalize on it by teaching others from your own experience. I mean, Peyton and I have this conversation regularly where she says, you know, I went to school for event planning and like the stuff that you learn in a classroom compared to the stuff you learn in real life, like, is it even comparable? No, it's very different. Like it's, the classroom doesn't teach the things that actually happen at events. It tries to cover it, but it doesn't like. And I think that's the thing about event planning that Mm -hmm. I've loved so Mm -hmm. much in sharing is like you can plan or book smarts your way Mm -hmm. as much as you can, but until you actually execute one, you really Mm -hmm. have no idea what's going to happen or how much it's going to cost or what it's going to take. Yeah. You can have everything planned out, written down, but I mean, when you get to the events, it can be Mm -hmm. completely different. Absolutely. Oh yeah. My book smarts don't get me as far. (laughs) Right. And so we've kind of had to make some shifts over at House of Hostess, the Party Planner Academy. And again, part of that is, is moving away from a platform, which is one of the things that I wanted to talk about today. Um, When you choose a platform to host your digital or online course, it's so important to make sure that you are choosing something that can weather the storms. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned this year is like, when you choose to pay for a platform, that's expensive, that's a cost. And there's actually a lot of free resources that you can use that don't cost anything. So you know, being in the the mode of like, you, you know, you, it's almost like paying a lease when you have a marketplace or an online course platform that you pay for, it's almost like paying rent online and you're using their space. And so being able to self-host is 
kind of the direction I am going and recommending if you're just starting out because it doesn't cost as much. You can set up your server through your blog or your website, and it really gives you complete freedom and power over your material. And while this is going to take a long time to rebuild, I just feel so much better about it because I think it'll be better to have the control mm -hmm. instead of having someone else kind of dictate where that all goes. And so you could do, again, a standalone where you are providing everything in your course on that website. Also, I have a WordPress blog. And so that's the direction that I've thought about going is using plugins and definitely less expensive tools to create something that I will be able to have more control over as it goes to, you know, facilitating lessons and students and getting them the things that they need. But let's talk about when you start a course, a digital course, like what exactly you need. So the right gear, tell me about the gear you need. What's like the most important thing you think that you've learned from courses? Um, lighting. Oh yeah. yeah. Lighting is so huge, yeah. which I mean. every time we take pictures or we do lives, we're like sitting in front of that ring light. Yes. The ring yeah. light was one of the best investments ever. So jump on Amazon if you don't have one and just look up ring light and find one that has the most positive reviews. Get yourself a ring light. I want to say they're like a hundred dollars. I think, I think that sounds maybe even right. less, yeah. but they are yeah. so valuable. Do not miss this opportunity. Yes. Like go stop listening right now. Go get a ring light. That's <laughs> the best. Like, and it looks professional. It you can set it up on a blank yeah. wall and you look professional. I've it, taken that thing everywhere. It makes such a huge difference. Yes. Like, the, it's amazing. The next thing you need is if you're doing videos or photos is you want to have editing software. I think there's so many great apps that do filters and um, I just do everything on iMovie. Is that so bad? But people that edit their videos, they use all kinds of th stuff. There's like WeVideo. There's Adobe. iMovie works just great too. I feel like and it's it free. just depends who you are. What I'm all about free you? this year. Oh my gosh. I'm so much about free. <laughs> the other thing is scripting out what you're going to talk about. Having some sort of a plan when you t talk about these lessons. It's really important to make sure you've thought out what it exactly it is that you're trying to deliver so that your students are able to take that up and soak up all of your knowledge and then implement it in their life as they move forward. And as a reminder, event planning is so much about um, just practice and applying mm -hmm. yourself and kind of having plans, I guess, B through C, oh, yeah. D, E, F through Z. Make sure you have if it doesn't work all out, the plans, <laughs> you know. And so once you've got like good lighting, good setup, you've kind of got your lessons laid out. You literally could set up your camera on a tripod in front of you, turn on the light and just start going. Oh, another thing I'd recommend is a microphone for oh, your yeah. camera. Mm -hmm. That is a big thing that helps you look and sound more quality. Like if the video light is good and the quality of the camera is good, but then it sounds really like. Yeah. And no one can really hear you. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. No. That's not good. No. So, okay. Let's talk about honing in on a specific subject for us here we're talking about events, you know, and when you choose um, what types of events, it's they could be different. I mean, mm -hmm. what are some different events that event planners do? I mean, weddings, weddings like we talked about. I conferences. Mean, dance parties. Dance parties. Oh, man. The oh. days of dance parties. Oh, oh man, I know. Sad, sad day. day. <laughs> um, <laughs> that got sad. Conferences. <laughs> like, I think event planners would even yeah. do concerts. Oh, yeah. Corporate events. One of my professors did big concerts. For who? stadium. He did it at like BYU Stadium. He'd set up all their concerts. Oh my gosh, that that's happen. amazing. So yeah. That does take an event planner. And sometimes yeah. you think about it as like, oh, I'll be an event planner and I'll just do like small birthday parties in my circle. But okay. if that's what you want to do, that's great. Yeah. However, the same skills apply whether you're doing it for a six-person birthday party or whether you're doing a massive 15,000-person event 
Yeah. Which I think once COVID, if you're listening to this 50 years in the future, <laughs> this was recorded during COVID <laughs> safely, social distanced. Yes. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I wonder like, is it going to be the type of thing where you have to have like a, a vaccine card that says like, I have the vaccine so I can come oh. to this event. Have you heard that? No. I've heard that where they're oh. like certain organizations are saying like, you can come to the event if you have a vaccine for COVID. Interesting. So we'll have to see if that, that plays out. It seems a little like unconstitutional to me, but maybe yeah. not. I don't yeah. know. I digress. I, I digress. The, I don't know what the standings <laughs> are on that, but I'd have to I digress. A more. <laughs> um, I think it's important when, whenever you, you are executing events, like I said, to be honest at, with who, with your, whoever you're working with, with where you're at. Um, one of the things about having a course is you absolutely need to have an expert level knowledge about the topic. Like if you just started event planning last year, um, you could start a course, but you're not going to have the experience and you're not going to be well-rounded enough to understand the ins and outs of what it takes to really facilitate that. So having a course when you're not that experienced might kind of fizzle when people realize like, oh, you actually don't have that much experience. You're not that knowledgeable. And so I would say to you, like, don't give up, like keep going, do more events, put in the time and get, I think it's 10,000 hours is what they say to become a master or something, which is five years. Yeah. Five years is what it would take for you to become a master at something. And from my first event eight years ago to when I, I plan an event now, it's literally like I could do it in my sleep. Like I dream up the details where before, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> where I honestly, I felt like at the beginning, it was like my brain was exploding because I felt so overwhelmed with how much I needed to do. Mm-hmm. But when you become regularly doing events as you, and it really is anything in life. The more you do it, the more Mm -hmm. confident you become. And then through that confidence, you become more competent. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to realize is like, yes, everything that's new has a level of fear and that scared feeling, but it's because you care. It's Mm -hmm. because you want, you want to do well by people. You want to do well by your clients. It's not fun Um, But it is part of the, I guess, refiner's fire as an event planner that you have to pass through. And so you don't have to be a genius. You don't have to have traditional credentials, but you do have to have, again, the time and the knowledge to be able to truly share that with somebody. Like, I'm sorry, there's too many people that are making it, I guess, what's the word that are just jumping in being like, yeah, it's great. You know, I'm, I, I can teach you, but I think people, customers are like really wise mm-hmm. to who knows their stuff and who's just trying to be a guru. Oh, yeah. I feel like they can find that out pretty quickly. Yeah. Just the first conversation. I mean, didn't you have that in school? When you went to event planning school at UVU, did you not have people come that you were like, you don't even know what you're talking about? Or did everybody, was everybody that presented to you, you were like, wow, they're so knowledgeable? We had some pretty good presenters. There were a few that sometimes I was like, oh, okay, maybe not. But like, I mean, we got people from the catering business who'd been in it forever coming so they they were definitely knowledgeable and I did like those are great like oh yeah having those people so think about the owner of a catering business that's like 10 plus years old like a Mm -hmm. very renowned caterer Mm -hmm. versus talking to somebody who's been working for that caterer for like a summer oh the knowledge is going to be right completely different and the thing (laughs) right the experience and knowledge is going to be completely different because of just the the lack of time and the lack of experience. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of goes without saying that you need to make sure that you have, you know, 
an expert level knowledge if you want to teach someone else. Next is knowing your audience. Like there are so many different people in the event space and depending on what you want to do. You talked about doing weddings. Then your audience would be brides. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was talking about doing private parties, my or corporate events, my audience would be businesses. The way you would market to a business as an event planner and the way you'd market to a bride are completely oh, different. Yeah. The problems are completely different. Mm -hmm. How you solve the problems completely I'm different. Thinking about how you would market to those same and it's kind of funny. I, know, I don't see it working out well. No, because again, like while some similarities exist, like yes, there are budgets and yes, mm -hmm. there's other things. It's not going to be the same problem concern. And yes, you know, a corporate client could be repeat business for mm -hmm. life. Oh yeah, a bride. Hopefully you don't have their repeat business or that's what you tell them anyway. You're hoping for one and done on that yeah. <laughs> And you tell them that, you know, like no one goes into it. You're like, oh, I'll see you after your third marriage. <laughs> see you in a few years. Yeah. They're like, what? Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. Like that's so funny. The wedding planner when she can guess how, how well their marriage is going to do based off of like the first dance yes. song they choose and all that. Yes. Well, I feel like depending on what your background is, your expertise, you can offer so much more value. Like as we're revamping our course, moving platforms, changing things around, you know, Peyton comes from a wedding background where she works with brides day in and day out. And so being able to add that value, because I've been very, very open and transparent that weddings are not my thing. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we're doing to increase value is to say, okay, we've worked with brides, let's add that and create some sort of an offer or an upsell mm -hmm. to make it so that people who want to learn that can learn from her experience, which again, it's me learning from that experience as well. Anything yeah. you want to add about working with brides besides that you <laughs> love it so much? They always make me cry. <laughs> I'm always out there for a Oh dance. my gosh, it's Tearing so true. Up. I'm like, I don't it's even so know these true. people and I'm so moved. But I mean, I mean, every wedding is so different with the I mean, I don't feel, I've never seen the same wedding done twice. Like mm -hmm. things match, but they're so different in the things that each bride, like their goal of the wedding is always different. Like mm -hmm. if they want a dance party, that's, and another bride's like, no, I don't really want dancing. I want more of a sit down dinner. Like just the different goals of weddings, which can be different in any type of event that you're hosting. Like there's a goal of t to these events and sometimes they just depend on who your client is. I think that's a good point. I mean, one of the things that you feel like you need to do when executing an event is just like get through it and make sure everything goes smoothly. But you're mm -hmm. right. Like think about it. Like if you do that, you actually hit your goal. Mm -hmm. And how awesome is that? Yeah. So bringing it back to, you know, adding that knowledge into your course, something you could do as an upsell is add coaching, whether it's one-on-one -on -one coaching or doing lives on Facebook or, you know, meeting in person, if you're in a place where you can do that safely, that's a really, really great way to have better results. Whenever I've coached people and worked with them one-on-one, -on -one, they have gone to do amazing things. It's the ones who are like, oh, I'll just do it on my own time that really struggle because they, again, they, they're not pushing. It's like when you have a personal trainer versus a, a gym mm -hmm. pass. Yep. That's oh, the difference. completely different. And doesn't yeah. your boyfriend do like bodybuilding, weightlifting? Yeah. So mm -hmm. does he have a coach when he's training for something? When he's training for his competitions, yeah, he hires a coach. Yeah, he's because he's going to do it by himself. Because a coach will hold you accountable. And mm -hmm. that's such an amazing value to offer mm -hmm. um, in live settings, either through online like Zoom or mm -hmm. in person if you can do so. Um, I, I think that coaches are one of the things that we're trying to focus on more is giving people that opportunity to do coaching and to mm -hmm. feel – um, like they have someone holding their hand and helping them mm -hmm. accomplish their dreams. Because again, event planning is not for the faint of heart. If you want to just do it, 
it's one thing to dip your toe in and it's another thing to say, this is my dream. This is my career. And I see myself doing this until I can't anymore. Mm -hmm. And I really, me personally, that's the type of student I want as they don't want somebody who's like, yeah, I'll see what happens. Like I want somebody who's going to be in it for the long haul. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so things to focus on, obviously growing your social media, making sure you're telling your friends and family, like networking as much as you can. I know that there's more like online networking events, but also in person, if you have the opportunity and, you know, then kind of going forth and going from there. So I hope that as you are thinking about this, if this is a goal you have, if when you hit that five year, you know, expert in your field mark, you decide to create a digital course, I hope you go for it and make sure to choose a platform mm-hmm. That is going to be something you can control and not be bound to. Any other final thoughts from you? Um, I think I think just do your research on these platforms and know really what your goal is going to be when you're starting these courses and what things are important to you. Yes. When and really like these. recession proof, pandemic proof, mm-hmm. your life, your business as much as possible. I mean, yes. I cannot say yes. that a month. Oh, so much has been learned. We'll yeah. catch you later. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> 